Good morning, Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Trip Prince. I'm the pastor at Trinity Northside, and I want us today to take a few minutes and look at our gospel passage. Today's assigned reading is John chapter 4, verses 27 to 42. And really, I want to think through the whole of this story, at least in parts. And so the most helpful thing to do will probably be to read it in its entirety and encourage you to read along with me, and then we will reflect on it together. And so if you have a Bible, open to John chapter 4, and I'll begin in verse 27. Just then, Jesus' disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Then they left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we do thank you for your word. We ask that you today would keep us close to Jesus, especially in these remarkable times. We desperately long to encounter him, to encounter him in our personal lives, in the details of our day. We long to see him at work, but also ask that you would give us the courage to not only encounter him privately and personally, but that we would share that good news with others, that we would speak of his faithfulness and his goodness to us and give us creative ways in which we can do so. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I think wisdom in life, really in general, but in this story specifically, I think wisdom is often found when we learn to avoid extremes. I think, for example, in my own faith journey for many years, I was largely formed in a deeply individualistic and privatized approach to the Christian faith. Jesus came to save me. He loved me and died for me. I think rarely Rarely did I hear about his plan for the whole of creation or the invitation that was before me to join him in giving my life away for the good of others. So that's maybe one extreme. On the other hand, though, I think one can go and view their faith only and maybe exclusively through a corporate 
or through a generational lens. Here's what I mean. You may self-identify as a Christian, but you do so based on ethnic heritage. You do so based on the faith of those who raised you or who shaped you into who you are today. I think this vision maybe avoids an individualistic lens, yet it also fails to realize the deeply personal nature of our life with Christ. And so wisdom then is somehow found in between those two extremes. Here's another thing I want to reflect on from this story that I see here. The Christian life is always an embodied existence. It's always an embodied existence existence. We learn this from the incarnation at a most fundamental and foundational level, and yet we see it time and time again in the life and in the witness of Jesus, especially throughout the gospel accounts. Jesus enters into the world of specific people, into their life stories, and he speaks freedom and truth into their deepest places of pain and their deepest sources of brokenness. As the woman in this story exclaims in verse 29, she says, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Likely, if you are listening to these words this morning and you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, it's because of a similar story. In one way or another, you knew someone firsthand whose life had been transformed by Jesus Christ, so much so that you longed for their experience to be your own. As it says today in verse 39, many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. Yet in the moments that follow this verse we just read, I do think we learn something profound about the spiritual life. And that's where that wisdom of avoiding those extremes, but living in the middle, living with both of them in mind comes into play because our personal transformation is not meant simply for ourselves, but it's meant to be shared. It's meant to be celebrated with others. And so similarly, we must move from an impersonal belief in Jesus to an embodied experience of the life of God. So with that in mind, let's listen one more time to the last few verses, beginning in verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him. And he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the savior of the world. There's an undeniable weariness that we are all experiencing in this moment as these weeks turn into months and those single months turn into months after months after months. And for us, the confusion and the disorientation of this year just seems to carry on and on. And so really in light of that, I think there is an equally great risk that you and I run of rushing to extremes in our faith journey. It's hard to live in the tension between the goodness of two things. And so it's much easier to rush to an extreme. And so you and I may be tempted on the one hand to close the doors, pull the blinds, shut the outside world out, and simply nurture an entirely personal and private life with God. Yet on the other hand, 
We may fail to pursue a personal encounter with our Lord because it's too demanding, it's too vulnerable, it's too intimate. And so instead, we rely simply on secondhand stories of faith, the faith journey of other people that we love and respect and say, I hope that'll be good enough. I hope that will carry me along as well. It's this corporate story to which we belong, but we have little experience or very little personal transformation. And so today, here's the thing. Today, I think you and I are invited to be a bit like these people in John chapter 4, to hear of God's goodness and faithfulness in others, to seek him out personally, and to be healed by him in the most intimate part of our lives, but to then also learn what it means to boldly share that good news with others around us. May our Lord give you and me the courage to do all three of those things in these crazy, remarkable, confusing times. May he show us a way and give us the courage to walk in that path. And God bless you today.